You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. This morning, we're continuing a series that we started a few weeks ago. It's called Refresh. And uh, what we're doing is we're exploring rest as God's best. And one of the things that we find in our society today, if you talk to people, um, that they are going to say one or two things. They're going to say, I'm busy, or I am tired, or they're going to say both. And we know that in the world that we live in, man, we are busy, we are tired. And I believe that what God's best for us is for us to be well-rested, is for us to experience life, not from a place of tiredness, from a place of busyness, but from a place of life, that he wants to pour life into us, that he wants to refresh us. So we've been talking about how we can do that through this word called Sabbath. And Sabbath is a church word that we hear from time to time. And if you're not familiar with church and you've been around church, what Sabbath is is simply ceasing, right? It's simply stopping, choosing a day. For many of us, it's Sunday to say, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm not going to work on Sunday. I'm going to rest. I'm going to allow that to be a day where I can refresh. I'm going to allow that to be a day where I can worship. I'm going to allow that to be a day where I can enjoy my family, where I can enjoy things. And in the midst of that, you find refreshment, and God refreshes your soul. So we've been talking about how to do that over these last couple of weeks. But the idea here is oftentimes we work throughout the week, and then we say, man, I just can't wait till Sunday so I can rest. But if we flip that and we say, hey, I'm going to rest, and then out of the overflow of my rest, I'm going to spend the energy that I have doing work, it works much better. But one of the things that we talked about with Sabbath is it's not this thing for you to feel guilty about. It's not this thing for you to beat yourself up about, but it's something for you to enjoy. It's a gift from God to you to say, hey, I want you to enjoy this day. I want you to spend time eating some good food, taking a nap, right? Anybody want to amen that, right? Everybody's ready for a nap today after, uh, after we get out of here. Everybody's ready for some good food as well. Some of those things that we can enjoy and in the process we can say, Lord, thank you for these things. Thank you for good friendships. Thank you for time with my family. Thank you for a day off of work. Thank you for these things. I worship you in response to that. But today we're going to continue that by talking a little bit about what is the heart behind this. What is the heart behind this and what does this do for us? And I think one of the ways that I want to explain this is... uh, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I like to do is I like to travel. And one of those things is I like to travel to Texas because it's the land of tacos, right? And uh, they've got some of the best tacos in the world there, I, I think. And, and so anytime we go to Texas, we're going to eat some tacos. We're going to have some good time with some of our friends there. And, uh, and so we went there recently, and we get on the plane. And like many of you, as you get on the plane nowadays, Um, it is kind of crazy, right? It's a stressful situation, stressful moment. And we find ourselves in the plane, everybody's stressed out, people are yelling at each other, people are fighting with each other. And we see this in the airport and people are looking at me like, that's not my experience. I think think it's gotten even worse with COVID, but I've seen yelling matches, I've seen, you know, all these things. And, uh, and one of the things that, um, that I heard recently, a story that I thought was, was pretty interesting, there was a guy at the airport, and it was his time to get on the plane, and so everybody's lining up, and uh, he gets out of order, and he gets in the wrong line. Well, he, uh, he goes up, and they, he says, hey, uh, you know, here's my boarding pass. They say, oh, actually, you're not in this line, you're in this line. And he says, wait a minute, um, I really want to get on the plane. 
do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Right? He's, he's pulling out the identity card of, man, I'm a, I'm a person of high caliber, right? I, I should be in this line, high class person, you know, not this line. And, uh, and, and they look at him and they say, well, uh, your ticket here, it says that you're in this line, so you need to go to that line. He says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you know who I am? And Eleni finally says, okay, let me, let me check something. So she grabs the phone on the intercom and she says, hey, um, ladies and gentlemen, there's a man here who does not know who he is. <laughs> there's anybody here who could help him and uh, direct him back to the line that he should be in. That would be very helpful. And so he goes back to his line and it's, it's over. But, but this idea here of identity, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Because as we ask ourselves that question, it's easy for us in the world that we live in to identify ourselves and to find identity in so many different things. And there's things in this world that we are defining ourselves by all the time. And what identity means is it's who you are, what distinguishes you, and what gives you significance. And if we were to look around this room, we know that oftentimes we try to find our identity and things that we shouldn't be finding our identity in. Things like our job. I remember living in Plano, Texas, which is kind of the business capital of the world, and there's a lot of businesses that have their headquarters there. So there's a lot of people that I would run into that work at the different headquarters, whether that was J.C. Penney headquarters or Frito-Lay headquarters or different headquarters, where there was this guy that was known as the uh, J.C. Penney guy. And he was known as the J.C. Penney guy because he was high up with J.C. Penney. And, uh, and he would always come wearing his J.C. Penney clothes, monogrammed with J.C. Penney on it. And, uh, and he was very wealthy, and he had a high position with J.C. Penney. And so J.C. Penney guy would come, and he liked being known as J.C. Penney guy, right? He found his identity in being that. And then there's one day where he goes to the office, his boss calls him in, and says, hey, we uh, are getting rid of your position. We no longer need you. We need you to pack up your desk. We need you to clean out your computer. We need you to um, exit the building today. You can turn in your badge. And suddenly, he's no longer J.C. Penny guy. Suddenly, his identity, which had been wrapped up in his job, that's no longer his identity, and it hurt him. And he was lost for so long, because for so long, decades, he was J.C. Penny guy. So the question is, are you wrapping up your whole identity in your job? Are you wrapping it up in that to where everything you are, everything you are, it's because of your job? What if that job gets lost one day? What if you get fired? What if you get let go? What's going to happen then? Your identity can no longer be based on that job. Your identity has to be in something bigger than that. We see this a lot nowadays with people who are retiring, who've spent their whole lives in a career. And as they retire, they're wondering, man, what is my life about now? And there's this retirement crisis that begins to happen in their minds. What am I going to do? Like, what do I do with my life? Do I even belong anymore? Do I even matter? Right? Do I have anything to do? And, and when it comes to retirement, right, they find themselves saying, I've lost my identity lost my identity. And talking to moms sometimes who are stay-at-home moms and, and saying, you know, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, and they feel like they have no 
significance because their identity is built around that. And the reality is, is that you have so much significance. You have the hardest job in the world. You should wear a helmet every day, right? And steel-toed boots and all kinds of stuff to help you. But man, you have the toughest job and you are so significant, but you still can't let your, that be your identity. Your identity has to be wrapped up in something so, so much bigger than that. You see, how does this even relate to the Sabbath, Jesse? Like, how in the world are we making this connection today between identity and Sabbath? And the reality is, is that Sabbath, it'll help you to live out your true identity. If we get this thing called Sabbath right, it's going to set you up to have the right kind of identity. One that's based on things that aren't going to fall apart, based on things that you can't get fired from, based on things that you aren't going to lose easily. So Sabbath helps us live out our true identity. And that brings us to our text today. We're going to be spending some time in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. If you want to go ahead and turn there this morning. Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. It says this, it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And if we want to figure out where this comes from, this is coming from Exodus, where they're going over the Ten Commandments. And as we look at this, understand that remembering the Sabbath day, it's one of the Ten Commandments. It's one of the big Ten Commandments that God wants us to keep, is to keep the Sabbath day holy. Not only that, but the Ten Commandments were given to Israel as a way to form a covenant with them as a way to say, hey, you are my people, and these are the things that I want you to follow. This is Old Testament, right? But the Ten Commandments are still alive today, and these are things that should be a part of our heart already. But remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, I love this, right? God is so smart, right? He knows, hey, you're not going to do any work, but chances are you're going to make your kids do some work. So I'm going to include that in this whole thing, right? I'm going to include not your sons or daughters either. Not your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. He made it holy. So as you remember, I asked you this question before. Did God need to rest when he created the world in six days? Did he need to rest? Was he sitting there saying, oh, I'm so tired. I've been lifting heavy objects all day. I'm exhausted, right? Oh, Adam and Eve are praying some really annoying prayers right now. I don't even want to deal with it, right? So let me just block them out. And let's, geez, I'm so tired. Did God need to rest? No. God has infinite energy, infinite power, does not need to rest, but he rested for us so that we would know that we need to rest. He rested for us as an example to us to say, hey, I'm going to rest as an example to you that you need to rest. And if God's doing that example for us, then we need to take note of that, and we need to know. Because I, I think some of us, we're going to listen to this and say, well, 
I'm not like everybody else, Jesse. I don't need a day of rest. I'm different, Jesse. I've got infinite power and infinite energy. I'm okay. I don't need the day of rest. And the reality is, is that God knows your wiring, and he's telling us here, you need a day of rest. All of us need a day of rest. Whether or not you think you need it or not, whether or not you feel like you need it or not, God is saying here, you need to rest. But what a covenant is, is it's an intentional, committed, identity-forming relationship. So a covenant, as God is making this covenant with Israel and including in that the Sabbath, what he's saying is, hey, I want you to live according to this way. And as you live according to this way, it's going to be an identity-forming thing. It's going to show that you are my people and I am your God. I am your God. It's a covenant. And so when we live according to the Sabbath, what we are saying is that we are God's people. That God, we're yours. We're your people. We belong to you, God, and I'm going to live differently than the rest of the world, right? Um, I know we're all mad at Chick-fil-A for closing on Sundays because that's the day we want it the most, right? But man, they've chosen to live with the Sabbath to say, we're going to be different than the rest of the world. We're going to have a different business model than the rest of the world because God has given us this model. God has told us to live according to this way, and whether the rest of the world has a different business model or not, we're going to live according to this. Well, let's look at another passage here. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. And I want you to see that this passage here is very similar, except for the way that it ends. It's very similar. It says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. Sorry, let me start over here. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant. And you see God starts adding things here. It's like, nor your ox, nor your donkey, or any of your animals. People started trying to get creative, right? Trying to find the loopholes here to make it out, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves. This is where it gets really different, okay? Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So Jesse, how does this relate to the Sabbath? Why does God start talking here about how they used to be slaves and now they're not? Well, let me tell you why. And it's an interesting thing here because what God is telling them is he's saying, remember, you used to have to work every day because you were a slave. You were in bondage, you were in Egypt, and you had people that would drive you to work every single day and you worked hard, and you worked tirelessly, and you had no ability to rest. You had no ability to say no. You were a slave. But friends, I set you free from that. I took you out of the land of Egypt, and I gave you a new land and a new life and a new identity, and you no longer have to live as a slave. 
So why are you still living as a slave, working seven days a week? Why are you still working like you're a slave when I've given you the ability to have a Sabbath? And he's saying, listen, when you operate in the rhythm of a Sabbath, what you are saying is you are saying, I'm no longer a slave. I am no longer a slave to this world. I'm no longer a slave to the patterns of this world. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am no longer a slave. I am a child of God. And I live according to his identity and his pattern. And what you are saying when you take a Sabbath is that your identity is not in your work. It's not in your job, not in your belongings, not in your stuff, but your identity is in him. And you're saying, God, I belong to you and my identity is in you. So when the whole world falls apart and I lose my job, my identity is in you, Lord. And every Sabbath day is a day for you to remind yourself of where your identity comes from, that your identity comes from him and him alone. And there's different things that try to come in and take over that identity. There's different things that try to come in and take that place. But the reality is, is that Jesus has set us free. He set us free from being a slave to sin. He set us free from being a slave to this world. He has set us free. So why would we continue to operate as slaves when he has set us free? So on Sabbath day, you can celebrate the fact that Jesus, if you've put your trust in him, has set you free and you can rest. And you can say, you know what, whether I work today or not, everything I have is found in you, Lord. My worth is found in you, not in how hard I work, not in how much money I make today. My worth is found in you. And you could just rest in that. You could rest in that. So what Sabbath does is it helps you to know your true identity and it helps you to live out that identity. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Because when you begin to practice the Sabbath and when you begin to live out of this identity, you begin to practice what we've talked about this whole time. And this passage comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And it says this, it says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And when we operate with the Sabbath, we get refreshed, and we could walk with God freely and lightly, and we can continue on in this world in peace, in peace, because we know where identity comes from. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So what I want us to do today is I want us to begin to take a step in that direction. So there's some homework, and the homework is this, that you would reflect throughout this week about where you've been finding your identity, where you've been putting your trust in, where you've been putting your identity in. Examine yourself. Ask yourself, where am I finding it? Set aside some extra time with the Lord to put your identity in him and not in those things anymore. And as we do, God's going to help us to find our identity in him and it's going to change your life. 
Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.